All right, how's everybody? Just join me in a word of prayer real quick. Um, Abba, we just, um, we just bring ourselves before you. Bring our hearts before you today. We ask for your presence. We ask to uh, hear and see through our own uh, mess and frustration. Father, will you just uh, remind us of who we are today? Remind us that we are yours. Those of us who are still searching, Father, let today be the day that they give themselves over to you. We bring the full work of Jesus Christ against any spirit that's not of you. We bind and banish that in the name of Jesus right now. We ask for joy. We ask for your peace. God, give us hearts to surrender to it today. In your name we pray, amen. I've searched the
descend upon me like a rolling stone, like a black swan region on for all that I know. You know it unnerves me when I lose control, and I'm all out of options, out of my head, and I build my life around someone who I thought that I was, but it turns out. All the things I do to feel young make me old. But you raise me like a baby, like a fire, phoenix bird. Good to see everybody this morning. Thank you for your patience. New setup. In case you 
hadn't noticed we meet in a flower shop parking lot we may be the only people in the world that can say that as they gather for church but this is a uh, wonderful wonderful holiday for our friends that uh, let us use this parking lot so we pray for a good valentine's day for them but that's why we shipped it up here this week so just keeping you on your toes um well if you were with us uh last week we've been in a series of matthew for a while now and as we looked at it more and more healings that Jesus uh, has been a part of. And last week, there were these words. I hope you thought about it this week. If not, I want to remind you of it real quick before we go into this week. Jesus talking to two blind men that wanted to be healed, and He said this, May it be done to you according to your faith. And we talked about that. What if God is speaking to us over something maybe we've prayed for a long time? We've desired it. We've earnestly sought Him in it. We've prayed maybe for years, if not decades or more. And He is waiting on us and saying, may it be done according to your faith. I'll be honest, sometimes my faith is lacking. So if it's up to my faith for something to happen, then, then maybe that's the answer I'm looking for, right? But we were also real careful to say, listen, this isn't talking about health and wealth. This isn't a name it and claim it and just, well... I'm just going to pray for it to happen and I'm going to have so much faith that God is going to go back to, to something I prayed for. I've been praying for a new fishing boat and I'm just going to pray in faith and then one day that boat's just going to magically appear in my yard. It doesn't happen that way. In fact, we even use the example of Apostle Paul, right? This man that used to be Saul and persecuted the church had this encounter with Jesus and turns into Paul. God gives him a new name like He does us, right? Maybe even a name we know, maybe a name that we'll hear one day, but he spoke that over him. And as he did, Paul enters into this relationship with Jesus where he was a persecutor of the way, and now he's a teacher of the way. And it says this, that Paul had a thorn in his flesh that he prayed over and over and over for God to remove, and God's answer was no. You can't tell me it wasn't because of lack of faith, but yet there are stories we even led up to. I want to take you back just real quick before we go, but uh, the leper that met Jesus, after Jesus is taught the Sermon on the Mount, he comes up to Jesus and he kneels down and he says these words, Lord, if you will, if you just will, I would be healed. You remember that story? After that, a centurion, this man that is in charge of at least 100 people, this Roman official, comes to him and says, I have a servant that I love that is dying, and if you just spoke the word, he would be healed. In fact, Jesus even said he marveled at this guy's faith. He said, not even in all of Israel have I seen this kind of faith. And so faith was this huge deal. Then the paralytic with the four friends that said, we're going to do everything we can to carry this person to Jesus. Even if it means tearing the roof off this place, we're going to lower him down. And Jesus says, because of your faith, right? You remember these stories and Jairus's daughter, the the woman with the discharge of blood, all of these things, and he brings in this faith. So according to your faith, may it be done to you. And so I offer two things on this before we get into today's passage. In case you weren't here last week or you listened online, whatever. How is your faith? What if Jesus is speaking of you? According to your faith, may it be done. If there's a lack of faith, then there's your answer, right? Maybe He wants to increase our faith. And I also want to remind you, as you pray for things and you see, man, this should be right. This should be what God wants. I want to remind you, we live in a broken world that is not Eden. And it's not God doing this. It is our own choices of going our own way from the first pages of our Bible. But there is sweet grace and redemption 
mercy and compassion. So those are some of the things that we'll talk about. Before we read today's passage and pray, I want to remind you again of this last statement from last week. Jesus asked the two blind men, what you're asking, do you believe? Do you believe that I can do this? They said, yes, we do. I pray that's your answer as well. So right from that, we're going into today's passage. And uh, Jesus is leaving these healings. He's about to go throughout all the city. That is where today's verses pick up. So starting at Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, it says, And Jesus went throughout all the cities, the villages, and teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease, every affliction. And when He saw crowds, He had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then He says to His disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. Send out laborers into His harvest. Will you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank You for this day that You've given us, the beautiful people that You've gathered around. We prayed it earlier. We are here, rain or shine. Uh, but we sure appreciate that it's not raining this morning uh, as it was last week. And so, Jesus, we thank you even for that. And, Father, we know every person that is here, every person that is listening, starting with myself, uh, Jesus, you have a word for us, uh, especially today, on the word that is in our Scripture, uh, compassion. And so speak compassionately to our hearts. Let everybody here know wherever they're at in relationship with you, if it's yet to begin or been going on for 90 years. We pray that you draw us a little bit closer today. And so, Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we need you. We pray this in your name. Amen. So Jesus had been involved in a string of healings, and not just physical healings, emotional, spiritual, uh, mental healings, whatever those things are, and He's still in that same business. Now, it says that He was teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, right? And healing every disease and every affliction. And that is so beautiful here. It's beautiful, but that's at face value. Jesus knows here that each healing, each proclamation, each thing of people asking Him, listen, if you look several times in Scripture, you've got a religious leader that says, by what name and by what authority do you do this? Right? Like, who are you, who's teaching where you're under? You're just this guy from Nazareth, right? You're a carpenter's son. How do you do such things? How do you make such bold, bold proclamations? I want you to know this. I want everybody to look this way. Every healing that we've read about, every proclamation, everything about the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom, Jesus knows it is inching Him closer and closer to Calvary's cross. And He's doing that for you and for me. This morning, if you say, man, I've never felt love. Let me tell you, there is no greater love, Scripture tells us, than to lay down your life for a friend. Jesus has done that for every single person here this morning. Look at me this morning. I want everybody to look at me. I know, I know that's tough, right? I'm, I'm, that's a tough ask to look up here at me. But I want you to do that for just a second. I want to tell you this. You may hear that statement and say that Jesus died for you. And say, oh, Keith, you don't know what I've done. I got great news. The good news is that Jesus died for you. The great news is it doesn't matter what you've done, what you're doing, or what you will do. It has no bearing on the situation at all. That is why we call it amazing grace. This unmerited favor you couldn't earn you couldn't buy you couldn't do anything for it you don't have to say the right words dance the right dance dress a certain way have the certain job means nothing it's all about what he did not what you have done everybody with me on that that is the great news 
of the gospel of the kingdom. It's not about man. It is about Jesus. And let me tell you, you already know this, but I, I think you need a refresher. Don't look to me to be the answer. I will let you down. I have let you down. But Scripture tells us there is one that sticks closer than a brother. Amen? That is Jesus. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. In the good and in the bad, He is there. Can I ask you a question this morning? And I ask this with a sincere heart because God, I believe, has given me a special word this morning. In fact, if you follow us on social media, I ask, please be here. I want you to hear this. And I never do that. I never. I feel like every word is special, but there was something about today that has just compelled me. I pray that you take it with the heart that's intended because I'm going to ask something tough of you today. You're not going to have to do anything, but I'm going to ask you to trust me. If, if nothing else in the seven years that some of you have known me out here, I hope that I have earned your trust. And so when I ask, trust me, I want you to know this doesn't come from a hurtful place. It doesn't come from trying to, to make you feel bad today. But I'm going to ask you, everybody that is here, to go on a trip with me today. And we're not going to leave this place. I'm not asking you to physically go. And in fact, every trip that I'm going to ask you to go on is not going to be the same location, not the same uh, situation, maybe not the same people involved, but I'm going to ask you today to reminisce with me. Everybody with me? Do you trust my heart that I'm asking because God told me to ask? This is not something I dreamed up. In fact, I shared this with Jesse earlier this week. I have never in my life, I've read this passage, I don't know how many times. I've been to seminary, I've been in Sunday school classes, I've been in you know church services that this is taught on. I have never ever thought of this passage in this particular way. And when God showed that to me, He said, take them on a trip. And it's a reminiscing trip, and so I want to prepare you for that because it might take you to some places that it hurts. It might take you to some places that sting initially, but here's what I want you to know in advance before we even go there. I believe when God takes us to a place like this, He does it for one reason and one reason only. To offer healing and to offer hope and to offer redemption. So I want you to just prepare yourself and, and ask yourself, do I trust this guy enough? You may be here for the first time. I pray that you can find somebody say, is this guy telling me the truth that I can trust him? I, I pray, if nothing else, Trust me on this. I believe God has told me to take us on a journey this morning. You see, reminiscing is beautiful. In fact, a lot of us do that, and oftentimes we, we sit and we think about uh, the good times, right? Uh, a, a cherished memory with a loved one. We reminisce on maybe who somebody who wasn't, you know, not in our lives anymore, somebody that's gone on. But I want you to know it's even helpful to reminisce on the times that weren't so pleasant. The times when everything hit the fan, the times that maybe we felt the, the loneliest we ever had, it is beautiful to reminisce in those. And I, I want you just to think about those things before we even go on that trip. So please, just let me preface with that. Trust my heart and know that I'm only asking because I believe God wants to bring some healing. Are we good with that, everybody? All right. Before we do that, I want to read the next verse. Jesus has done all this healing. He's taught in synagogues. He knows that everything is inching Him closer to the cross. Here's what the next verse says. It says, When Jesus saw the crowds, He had compassion for them. When we say that, we, we probably understand a little bit of what that word compassion means, right? 
It's a, it's a beautiful word. In fact, it's probably one of the most beautiful words in the English language. But I want to unpack that a little bit here in just a moment. But as we see that, we don't have to wonder why Jesus had compassion on the crowd. He tells us. It says He had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless and like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus is the Good Shepherd. Have you ever felt helpless? Ever felt like harassed, right? That, that the world is just not fair and everything just seems to be piling up and you feel maybe like a sheep without a shepherd? Jesus looks and says, I have compassion. Again, one of the most beautiful words in all of the English language, but I promise you one of the most beautiful words in Scripture. And this is where He wants to take us on a trip. Before we do, I want to read the definition of compassion. You could look it up and Webster's will tell you this, but I believe there's a better biblical definition. Compassion is this. Pity and concern for the sufferings and misfortune of others. You see, any of us can look at a story on the news and say, man, I, I pity those folks. Or, I, 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 I hate their suffering, right? But there's even more of a beautiful word biblically. When you look at the word compassion, it literally means this, to suffer with or to suffer together. So when Jesus is saying, He looks over this crowd, Jesus, I want to remind you, yes, He is God, but He is God in the flesh. He is limited to where He is at in that moment. And He looks at this crowd of so many people that are following Him. So many people that are following Him that are misguided, that don't understand what He's there to do. They think He's there to overthrow Roman rule, to rule with the sword and the shield, and He's come with a basin and towel to wash feet. He is a suffering servant. And He looks at the crowd and He looks like, you are so helpless. You're like sheep without a shepherd. And He suffers with them in that moment of saying, basically, I wish I could get to every one of you. What has He just done? He's healed every disease, every affliction that people have brought to Him. But there were still some that didn't come to Him for healing. He spoke them into existence. He knew them. He knows you. And He has compassion with whatever you're going through to suffer with or suffer together. I want to ask you again before we go, do you trust me to go on this trip? I hope you do. I hope you'll open your heart to what God has to say in it because this isn't something I dreamed up. It's not something I planned. In fact, if I, I want to be really honest, it's quite difficult to even talk about. It's not something that I wanted to talk about, even the fact that I'm looking forward to because I believe God is offering healing. So if you'll trust me to go on the trip, I want to pray before we do. Let's do that. So you pray with me. Father, I'm going to ask something of, of my friends and my family that are here this morning. And Father, we are going to take a journey. We're not leaving this place, but mentally we're going to reminisce. And Father, with that, there may be some tough moments. I want to remind my friends that, Father, if you bring something up this morning, if a person is here, if a person is watching online, if they're watching later, that whatever you're bringing up, you are bringing up to offer healing and redemption, to buy back that story, to cover in the blood of Jesus Christ. So that's what we pray. I pray that, uh, Father, those that are trusting enough to go on this journey, that you prepare their hearts, not just in this moment, but as we leave and in the moments to follow, that Jesus, you just continue to speak. Let them not hear my words, but to hear yours. Even if it takes them off track, even if it speaks something that I'm not saying, Holy Spirit, you speak louder than me.
So Jesus, that's what we ask and what we pray for. We just pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't bring this up to hurt, but I believe every time God brings something up, He's wanting to deal with it, to heal us, to walk with us. The journey is this on reminiscing. I want to ask you to go back to some of the hardest moments in your life. The times you felt is the compassion definition. You were suffering. You were a victim of misfortunes. Maybe a time that you were absolutely devastated or heartbroken. It doesn't take us long to think about those moments. In fact, some of you know them all right. It was a loss of a loved one. Maybe dreams and innocence stolen. Physical, emotional, church hurt. Maybe a combination of all these things. And trust my heart, I don't bring this up to bring you down. I believe there is healing here. The moment, and the world would say it a certain way, and I have at times as well, but when everything hits the fan, you know what I'm talking like, when life just went in the gutter, and you feel alone, and you feel helpless. You feel like it's not fair. There's no way I should be walking in this. I can tell you one of mine. And I can tell you when I had that moment, and, and it was just so, it pissed me off so bad. And I, I'm going to bring it up, and, and my wife is here, and I didn't ask her permission. And I just felt led to share it personally here. The day our daughter was born, the day after my father-in-law died, he was killed. And I remember standing in the shower at Bessemer Caraway Hospital at the time. It's UAB West now. I'm standing in the shower, and I want you to know I'm not proud of what I said, and I won't repeat, repeat it, but I shook my fist at God and with some expletives in there said, how dare you? And I'd never felt so alone. We were young. We, we were pregnant before we were married. It's a part of our story. And we were already walking this. We had rededicated our life. And now we're young people with this responsibility that, by the way, hindsight was the best thing that ever happened to me. It saved my life in so many ways. But as we were there, and I'm in that, and I said, God, we've gotten everything back on track, and now you do this. First off, He didn't do it. It's a broken world. It was never a part of the plan. But I shook my fist, and I've never felt so alone and so angry at God. And if I could have been there, I would have like probably been like Jacob and wanted to wrestle and wanted to punch Him in the face how mad I was and it's a wonder I wasn't a smoking spot except for grace he had compassion on me he suffered with me in that moment some of you have lost loved ones maybe a parent maybe somebody close a, a friend I remember in high school having a good friend that died in an automobile accident at 16 one of my best friends and I remember thinking then, how unfair. He, he was such a good guy and all the things that he would have done with his life. And I've even still thought about it all these years later of like as I had kids and stuff, and it's like he never got to do that. He never got to experience it. He was taken so young and I was so damn mad. And I still get mad about it. I don't understand it except it's a broken world and my God didn't cause it take you back to the first pages of your Bible. If you want to know what God wanted, He wanted perfection. He didn't want us to have to deal with any of this. In fact, we weren't built with the capacity to handle death because it was never supposed to be. That's why it hurts so dang bad. We sit there and we say, man, this just doesn't feel right. It's because you were never meant to feel it. 
You were never meant to have innocence stolen. You were never meant to be abused. You were never meant to be shamed and, and said you're not worthy or you don't belong. Some of you walk in this parking lot every week and feel like I don't even belong in society. In fact, some may think it's better if I'm not here. I'm going to just kill myself. I've heard people come to me and say that. It would be better off if I'm not here. Let me tell you, my God says differently because He created you beautifully unique and the pinnacle of His creation. Don't believe me? Every beautiful thing He created, He got to and said it is good. And He got to man and said, very good. Creme de la creme. Top of the top. Apple of my eye. That's you. You say, no, I missed the boat a long time ago. When He spoke you into existence, that's what He felt. And no matter what you've done in between today, He still feels the same. Beautifully loved. You say, well, Keith, then why? Why did this happen to me again? A broken world. I want to say this word again. Compassion. Compassion. The positive. Whew. It's tough thinking about the negative, isn't it? Those moments when everything just went wrong. But what about the positive, the good times? Maybe it was a birth of a child. A memorable Christmas as a kid. A vacation. Fishing with your granddad. Singing with your grandmom at church. Maybe the moment before life turned for the worse. Maybe a high school or college moment. Maybe when you played sports as a kid or whatever that thing that you always wanted and you got it and it was just, it felt like life is never going to be any better than this moment right here. This is beautiful. I think back to the birth of my kids. I, I really do. And I, I just think, man, it, it'll never get better than this moment. And now I've got the idea of grandkids floating out. That'll be a, a great moment. And I won't, y'all won't be able to, y'all ain't even going to know me when I'm Papa Keith, right? It's over. My kids are going to have to pay for a lot of stuff they're raising because I'm going to spoil them. I'm going to do whatever I can. That's what Papas do, right? Y'all know why I pick Papa. I love it when they call me Big Papa. I, I want it playing when they roll up. I know that's not what the song's about, but that's what I'm going to play when my grandkids come up. It's going to be a soundtrack. I love it when they call me Big Papa. I might even have the cigar. You know what I'm talking about. Right? But it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a great moment. And all of this, I want you to know, I want you to think back, what are some of those best moments? Maybe even I said that, maybe you remember fishing with Granddad. Maybe you remember a grandmother that could sing or couldn't sing. Mine couldn't sing. I remember her standing beside me and singing, there is a fountain filled with blood one time in church. God gave me that memory. And I want to tell you, some of the most God-awful singing I've ever heard. But it's a memory that speaks because I reminisce and I think, man, I was there with my grandmother that's gone, that she's with the Lord now, but I was with her in that pew, Sandusky Baptist Church, by the way, sitting there and just like hearing this awful singing, but yet it was beautiful. And Jesse's played that. He's got a rendition of that that he does that's awesome. We'll have to get him to do it sometime. But as he does it, every time I hear my grandmother's awful singing voice, and it's awfully beautiful. That makes sense. The good times. You've been on a trip with me to the bad times. And now we talk about the good times. I want to mention a word. Compassion. You see the word compassion. I've already said it means to suffer with and to suffer together. To be in it together with somebody. And I want to give you the vision that God gave me when He, he gave me this word. 
I want you to picture a city curb. We can look right here. You don't even have to picture. I want you to picture sitting on this curb, maybe when everything has fallen apart and you feel so alone. Or I want to picture sitting on this curb when the best news of your life and your joy just, you can't contain it. You're sitting there with a smile a mile wide. Whatever the situation is, the vision that God gave me was Jesus not saying a word, but walking up and sitting beside us and just His arm. Everybody take that with me. Can you vision that wherever you're at, whatever state, good, bad, whatever you need, compassion to suffer with just to sit in the moment. Can I tell you, I've had those moments in my life where I've had dear friends, brothers and sisters, when not a word could be said because there's no word that could offer comfort, but just an arm around you just saying, I'm here. I'm here. I don't know what to say. Have you ever been in those moments when something so bad has happened? There's just, I got no words. I got nothing. Maybe you've even prayed that prayer and Scripture tells us that there's even the Holy Spirit's power to interpret these just groanings that, that can't even be... He knows. And He's nestled up beside you and He just says, I'm here. And that's enough. We don't need any words. He's just... His presence. We know He's there and we know that He's suffering with us and He's there. And when we think of that, we think of maybe sitting there on that curb when you just got earth-shattering news. Maybe it's even outside a hospital and it's news that, hey, there's no coming back from the news I just got. Nothing will ever be the same. An earth-shattering loss of a loved one or the good one of a birth of a child. The day you got saved, the day you got baptized. Whatever it is that He's there with you. But here's where I want to take a different trip. This is what God showed me on this that it just blew my mind because we know we get the compassion on the bad days, right? When He's suffering with us and He's in that moment and He's right there with us and it's just like, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'll make it till tomorrow. And He gives us the grace and He walks step by step and He's with us and He's there and it makes so much sense. But can I tell you what He showed me? He's even have, has compassion in the good moments. Because here's why. Good is not perfect. He showed me this in the fact of even like the birth of my children. And, and one of my children is here this morning. One I'm sure will see this later or hear about it. But I want to tell you this. As beautiful as that day was, can I tell you what that ushered in? And, and this, this may sound morbid, but we know this is the way it's going. Every birth is heading towards death, barring His return. There will be a day, and I pray it's long after I'm gone, that my children will leave this earth. So even in the good, there is suffering with, because I believe Jesus looks at those moments and says, yes, you are so happy now, but there's coming a day, because it's not home. We're not home. It's not perfect. It's not Eden 2.0. He's not made all things new yet. But the day is coming. So here's what I want you to picture is not just sitting on the curb with the bad news and His arm around you, it's going to be okay. But even in the good moments when we are elated, when it feels like nothing will ever, the day's coming when we know that won't be the case. He's still there, arms around you, suffering with and saying, I had so much more planned for you. But we chose our own way. We still choose our own way, do we not? Every day, I do it. We still choose our own way. When He's even given us this great plan, this great idea to walk in, we 
still live even in the good moments. It's good. It's not perfect. He wanted no sin, no temptation of sin, no death, no sickness, no cancer. None of those moments where your innocent was stolen, none of those things when you got to the bad moments and all of that happened, it was not His plan. Please do yourself this favor. Don't stand in this parking lot and blame God like I did that day in that shower. When I cussed at Him and said, how dare you? He was arm around, suffering with, I'm with you. And, and you may disagree with this, and that's okay, and I don't have proof, but I just want to tell you, I think even in that moment, I think there's that cuss away. Get it out. Be honest. Even grace in that moment of arm around, I got you. I still got you. It's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. My world had fallen apart. My wife's world had fallen apart. We were already in just this crazy place of being kids with a kid now. And I've told you before, I felt so young and so unprepared. It's like the day that they're letting, I'm like Jim Halpert on The Office, if you've ever seen The Office. It's like, y'all really going to let me leave with this baby? Like, no, you're not coming with me? Like, I'm a kid, right? I'm a kid having a kid. And then this on top, Morgan's first trip outside the hospital was a funeral home. Didn't feel fair. Still doesn't feel fair, but it was not... God's fault and all I can tell you is he was compassionate he's still compassionate when those angers come up and so I want you to know this that he was on the curb with you when everything was falling apart he was on the curb with you when you triumphantly were raising your hand at praise he was with you the moment you gave your life to him he was holding you he is a compassionate savior and can I tell you this listen Look at me this morning as you've reminisced and maybe you feel like life has fallen apart and you'll never get it back. Look at me. He is with you now. You don't know what I did before I came in this parking lot. It has no bearing. It doesn't matter. You're welcome to tell me, but it doesn't matter. He still has compassion. You say, man, I shot up before I came in this parking lot. Can I just get real, real with you? As the needle is going in your arm, I'm with you. I'm not going to let you go. There's a better way. Some of you may have, uh, in fact, a, a brother came up and shared something about a new apartment and so excited and all that. You know what? That apartment may be there next week. It may not. I don't know. Compassion. I had more for you. The good, the bad, the ugly. He is standing there with arms around us. I am with you. You're not alone. You may feel like you say, man, I got nobody. I got no family. Well, you got us. You found your family. We'll try to be here as best we can, but we'll still let you down. But He is with you. He will walk with you. And He is and will always be a compassionate Savior. There's a verse at the end of this where it talks about the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. That's not real uh, rocket science to figure out what he's saying. If you look on this city, it means that there are tons of people that are desperate to meet him and can, but the laborers are few. I want to take you in that moment where Jesus is standing there and he's looking over this crowd and he's yet but one man. He's God, but he's also man. And he's standing there and he looks over me and he says, man, if there were more of me. Right? If there was just enough to, to walk and to touch and to talk and to 
handshake and to hug and to have compassion in each and every situation. But he was limited. Can I tell you this? Look around this parking lot. There, there's, there's quite a few of us here this morning. Do you know that if you know Him, what He's calling you to do is to go out and be agents of that same compassion? Will you mess it up? Absolutely. You will not get it perfect. I will not get it perfect. But to suffer with. What that means is when you see somebody and you see them in the worst of the worst, you don't, oh man, that's so bad. Sit down with them. Put your arm around them. You may not even have to say a word. Just suffer with. Have compassion on somebody. I want to tell you this. This crowd right here, I don't know how many of us there are, don't care. I, I love each and every one that's here. I'm not into numbers. It don't, it don't excite me more when there's more people here when there's less people here. God's got who He wants to be here. But just this size of a crowd, if we just left here and we're agents of compassion wherever He sends us, just to suffer with people and point them, hey, there's a better way, do you think our world would be a better place? Well, He's called you to. If you know Him, that's what He's called you to. Is I am giving you this example of compassion. Now go do the same. I'm sending you out into a world full of hate, into a world full of division. If you don't believe me, there's division, go talk to a Democrat about a Republican. Go talk to a Republican about a Democrat, right? You'll start a fire that it used not be that way, but now it is for some reason. Compassion. Can I tell you something? I I vote a certain way sometimes and not happy with anybody and I don't care. It doesn't matter if you voted for somebody different. You see how easy that was? Just walk off. It's fine. It's okay. In a church like even this size, there's certain people who say, well, we should be doing this way. We should be doing that way. It doesn't matter. It's His church. We just follow Him, right? He's the pastor. If you want to know who the pastor we always say that is Jesus. I know that sounds weird, but it ain't me. I'm just a guy. Hang out with me. You'll, you'll find out real quick. I do not have my stuff together. But there was Jesus, right? Compassion. He's called us to be that. He's called us to leave this place and have compassion with others. Will each of you pray with me this morning? Uh, Father, I know we've talked about some heavy stuff this morning. I just want to remind folks, though, that even in the good, it's not perfection. You have compassion for and with us that You are with us, You love us, and You've made a way that Eden will one day return. All it takes is trust in You. May we not trust in our own strength. May we turn to You. May we go to the author of compassion, the one who suffers with, suffers together that we do not have to suffer on our own. And so I would say this, if we yet to begin a relationship, I pray that we would start that today. If we already have, that we would walk closer. If we're a prodigal, that we would come home and realize that even what we've done, it has no bearing. That you were there the entire time, arm around us, not condoning, but yet offering compassion. I'm with you. There's a better way. Come home. So to the prodigal, we say that. Come home. That's your words, God, not ours. We can try to help usher that in and be a family, but we just say come home. Those that feel like they're walking close, we just pray that you just even grow the intimacy uh, that is there. And so Jesus, in all these things, we love you. And Jesus, in all these things, we need you. And Jesus, in all these things, we simply say thank you. Compassion, suffer with. I pray that this week you give us the image of your arm around us, maybe not even a word unless it's needed. 
just holding us close, letting us know, I'm here. In the good, the bad, the ugly, I'm here. Jesus, thank you. We pray all this in your name. Amen.